part of the Press Play Podcast Network. Hello, 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 hello. That's, that's enough hello. Did you notice that was like on beat? I, was, I felt like a beastie boy. You something. More like a basted boy. Yeah. I, I think that's closer on to On account reality. of the fatness. I think we all understood what you were going This for is there. the Ball Card Show, the sports podcast. For the sports collector. As always, we are brought to you by the Press Play Podcast Network. And what's your name? Gary. My name is also Gary. That's not true. Thank God. My name is Jason. <laughs> we're glad to be here. Uh, if you were not down in the studio recently, you missed it. My daughter intentionally farted on Gary. Yeah, it was it was awkward. It, she came down, stole a slice of our pizza, yeah. walked over to Gary with a Merry Christmas, you filthy animal t-shirt. Yeah. Which I respect the game. 100%. Then she pushed almost a grunt to let out a silent but deadly, deadly fart that had some reverberations. And and her comment was, you can taste that if you want to. <laughs> that was the comment. Daddy's girl. <laughs> Sugar and spice and everything nice. Oh, yeah. That's what little girls are made of. <laughs> hey, we're back. We are here and ready to rock and roll. A little bit later start than normal. Oh, I'm hot. Right. I, you know what? Every now and then you get done with a day of training at work. And yeah. somebody says, hey, guys, I got a company card, and there's a brewery half a mile down the road. And I say, you mispronounced distillery. <laughs> and they say, no, I didn't. We're not buying food, but you can have a beer. And then I parlay that into multiple beers that I pay for. Yes. And then I go home and tell my wife, the company bought us beer. Yeah, and you are lightweight now. Yeah, because I don't drink that much. Right. So two craft beers and I came home looking like Ichabod Crane wondering where the horse was running. He, he comes home and looks at me and goes, order pizza now. And we did. We did. Deep dish. Romeo's. You had never had their deep dish. Life changing. <sighs> I'll be honest with you. Most deep dish pizza tastes like cold string cheese. Well, this is Chicago style deep dish. Well, everybody says that. But it is. Well, what other style of deep dish is there? Oh, there's De- all kinds Detroit, of Detroit will be the only other one I'm aware of. Yeah, also just like loaf of bread with pizza toppings on top. That's called flatbread. No, loaf thick flatbread. I think you said loaf, like a Hebrew style no, no, of bread. No. <laughs> a loaf of bread. Hey, it's a pizza. <laughs> That's Italian. That was not an Israeli accent you just busted out right there. No offense to the Jersey Shore on that one. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. I went up. And I was like, you know what you need after two beers and a pizza? Another beer. And I have Great Lakes Christmas Ale, which sounds great until I just now realize in this moment, this is from last year. Yeah, it's from Christmas last year, bro. <laughs> Got which that skunky beer. Just continues to prove that I don't plow through beer like I used to. Also, um, you only plow through beer that's drinkable. That stuff's gross. No, this tastes like nutmeg and gingerbread men. But also, like I said, what gross. I want to say is... Um, you know, some people live with a gluten allergy and just deal with it. And I think I'm one of those guys because at this point, almost every time I have a couple beers, I break out in my cheeks. And so, uh, thyroid issues run in my family, Hashimoto and hypothyroidism. So I guarantee you, just based off my body type, 
you know, if a doctor would draw my blood, they'd be like, <laughs> oh my God, uh, definitely have issues going on. But I've already determined uh, our family's not allowed to have any more health issues. So January 24, I'll get this checked out. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and just say, you know, bloat up on the cheeks. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say it. Uh, gluten allergy. That's not real. Thank God. Cause I thought these rashes were for nothing. It's just, it's, it's the same thing as being lactose intolerant. Just, Ever since I went to up. Thailand, I've been so breaking you eat out some cheese and you fart a bunch and maybe have some diarrhea. Who cares? Eat the cheese. It's worth it. All right, can I tell you what Leslie and I are going to start doing this Sunday? <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm not sure you want to share it on a podcast, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh, we're doing a weekly Sunday slider and crockpot dish for NFL. Okay. So I told Leslie, I'm not paying for Sunday ticket $300. I'm not... 20 last, minutes later. Last Sunday, we're on the way home from Kings Island. Dolphins kick off at 425. It's 530. I'm driving. Hey, distracted driving. I'll acknowledge it. Cruise control. Hey, technology's come a long way. We're driving a Tesla. Just kidding. It's a Ford Explorer. It doesn't help me at all. <laughs> but that's what knees are for. And I decide to sign up for YouTube TV. Uh, am not sponsored because they don't even know we exist yet. But the picture on YouTube TV on live sports far exceeds what was going on on Hulu. I get to watch Miami beat the Chargers, just beat them. They just beat them. It was like a they, hell, hell they of a game. They played a good game. The defense was kind of trash until they needed them most, and then they ended the game. Tua played football. He was more patient. You like you saw what happens when Tua has a little bit of like patience with that offense. My goodness. There was quality stuff there. Football's back. It's exciting. Can we jump into Aaron Rodgers? We can. Can I can I tell you how much perverse pleasure I took? Oh. When not when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, I felt bad for Aaron Rodgers. I will say this, everybody was like, "What's going on?" As soon Before as I Before you go any further. Yeah. Can we agree that you never say perverse pleasure again? No. Please. <laughs> I on can't the, promise. On the podcast. I can't promise. Can we try? We can try. Okay. So you had so much. It's, it's the same pleasure. way I feel about pronouns. I try really hard, but I screw up sometimes. There we go. Cancellation number one on the episode. My God, <laughs> I don't understand. So, anyways, oh uh, when I first when they did the first replay in somewhat slow motion, I saw the calf roll up. I was like, he just tore his Achilles. Yeah, that's that. The calf like just an, rolled up. Yeah, it was like another sock rolled up underneath. Yeah, his it's sock. like when you see somebody's bicep tear and that thing just rolls up like a fruit roll up. You know. Okay. Here's who I felt it for the most. The Jets head coach. What's his name? Robert Sala. His eyes were soulless. Oh, when it, when it, that's what I was getting ready to say. The, the, when it cut to his face and you saw him realize that he had no choice but to put Zach Wilson yeah, 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 in yeah. the game. Here's the, here's the line of logic I saw. Oh, shit. Yes. Zach? <laughs> Is Zach here? <laughs> oh, no. It's just Zach. BYU? <laughs> Zach, you weren't here last year. Are you here now? Yeah, no. It Bueller? was so when it cut to his face and you saw that, I just chuckled on the inside because everybody knows how I feel about Zach Wilson. Yeah. So and Zach Wilson did Zach Wilson things. Oh yeah, and everybody's like he wasn't that bad. He threw a touchdown that was only a touchdown because Garrett Wilson was the receiver. 
Seven other times he throws that, it's a pick. The other two out of ten, it's an incomplete pass. Here's 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 how I actually feel about this whole situation. Aaron Rodgers, I think there's a part of him that's got like a little bit of a Clark Kent complex. And the idea of going to the Jets, being a historic franchise, ride out into the sunset. You know, Peyton had a similar concept going to Denver. Denver oh, yeah. needs this, t- this Except Super they Bowl. want a Super Bowl. Denver needs this <laughs> Super Bowl, and I can give it to them. Yeah. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers has the stuff. I think they legit brought people around him for yeah. that. Um, and from what I understand, he was apologizing to these young receivers. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he Garrett Wilson said he came up after the game was like, "Sorry, kid." Yeah, that's kind of heartbreaking. Well, it it is, but he's saying sorry because he knows what's going to happen with Zach Wilson back. There. Well, yeah. Also. <laughs> Uh, in fairness to Aaron, he's going to go into a cave with ayahuasca and pop out six months later with a third Achilles. <laughs> I didn't know where you were Well, I was going, going to say third leg. <laughs> right. That's not what you want to go I to. I left that alone. Uh, Did not acknowledge it. So the best part about that whole thing, though, so Monday Night Football, I watched the Manning cast. I don't watch the regular one. I watched Peyton and I Eli watched a talking. lot of that, yeah. It, the injury occurs. They bring Zach Wilson in the game, and Peyton Manning <laughs> for the, the next <laughs> for the next two hours is like, "Don't throw the ball." He said, "Who's Don't. the?" He <laughs> literally said, "Who's the backup there?" <laughs> because it's not the number yeah. one pick. Eli, who's the backup? Yeah, Eli was like, "Oh, it's Zach Wilson." He went, "Really?" <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so no, it's not. They bring him in, and oh, it's shoot. ugly out of the rip, and then. About every series, Eli's like, what do you think here? I kind of like some type of a play-action rollout. And Peyton's like, no, so run the ball. <laughs> if I understand it right, it's Miami and Buffalo in the division. Yeah, and I, I'm And not Buffalo looked kind of sketchy, which Josh Allen One weekend, that's only one weekend. Right. But this is what I told you. I, I feel like there was some juju going into the playoffs last year. Things were just out of sync. They were riding on. Oh, I got to be careful how I say this. There was a lot of momentum for the team. There was a lot of heart behind what they were dealing with, what they'd experienced with yep. that crazy injury with DeMar Hamlin. Yep. And I, I think those two things are not connected now that I say it out loud. But it just seemed out of sync. There were expectations not met by the players. I think the players would admit it. And it looked pretty rough. So Josh Allen is trying to play hero ball. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Now, that's listen, not the program for it. No. And Josh Allen is a really good football player. His teammates love him. He plays hard. And when he plays within himself, he's really good. But when he tries to play hero ball, it's bad. And you saw it. I made the comment on Facebook that Josh Allen's doing his best Zach Wilson impersonation in this game because he's just chucking and ducking. Yeah. Um, Three interceptions, four total turnovers. The safety picked off all three balls. He had, I don't know if you saw this, but that safety had a contract bonus escalator. If he had three interceptions on the season, he got $250,000 bonus. He cashed it in the first week. Wow. Time for um, an injury. You yeah, know he just cashed it in the first <laughs> week. So I, I'm not in panic mode for the Bills yet. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. I'm not in panic mode, just like I'm not in panic mode for the Bengals. Um, not in panic mode, but if you show me two more weeks that look similar to that, I'm going to be real nervous about yeah. what's what's going on up there. Yeah. So uh, if I'm the Giants, maybe I'm in a little bit of panic mode. Here's an, here's some irony. Oh, yeah, the Giants. Although the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys fans, defense is yes. terrifying. Yeah, that defense is good. Everybody calm down. 
Yeah, but that everybody calm down. The defense is terrifying. How's the Giants' offense? Uh, I think the Giants' offense is going to be very similar, maybe a little bit better than it was last year. But here's what they were not ready for: that Dallas pass rush might break the NFL single season sack record for a team. It's that front four especially with the versatility that Micah Parsons gives them, being able mm-hmm. to stand up anywhere yeah. is just terrifying. If Dak knew there would be this good of a defense, he never would have let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and here here's what you need to know about that game. Micah Parsons has a podcast, and Micah Parsons on his podcast ripped the Giants coaching staff because he was like, Why? Did you keep your quarterback in? You just paid this kid yeah. all this money. If he goes down, your season is done, 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 done. Yep, you yep. got nothing behind him, and he's a pretty good player. Yep. Why aren't you protecting him? The Bengals bench Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter. They just wave the white flag. We can't come it's back time. and win this. Just pull him out. We're going to protect him, not get him hurt. They left Daniel Jones in there to get the shit kicked out of him. Seven yeah. sacks, 12 hits. Here's a, here's a weird thing bad. with Daniel Jones. I, I think – I still think he's a good quarterback. He's maybe solid. I'm maybe I'm missing something, but there are a lot of programs you could drop him into and I think he's going to be very successful. Yeah. If, but if he's getting hit like that, there's a Ryan Tannehill complex that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, Tannehill ended up having a few good years in Tennessee, but when he was in Miami, he was damaged from all yeah. those sacks. There was well, a season with like 50, 60 sacks on him. And there's a certain thing, there's a certain thing with quarterbacks and one of the things I will say about Daniel Jones he doesn't have that one of the things that Tom Brady was that made Tom Brady so great. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes, you see it too. Even Dak Prescott, even though I don't think he's very good, has this. At no point in that if if Tom Brady had taken some of the hits on bad sacks that Daniel Jones took in the first half of that game, Tom Brady would have gotten a flashlight and climbed directly up the ass of his entire offensive line. <laughs> Daniel Jones didn't say a word to anybody. Like, Tom Brady would have been over in those guys' faces saying, get your shit together. You're better than this, and I'm not interested in being back here dying. So figure it out. Daniel Jones just sat on the bench and looked shell-shocked. That's the yeah. one thing about Daniel Jones. I don't think he has that, leadership that in him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think he has that in him. There's a lot of Eli Manning in him. Well, believe it or not, today's episode is not about, about football. football. No, it's just week one, though. So Week one, we're excited. But as promised for several weeks now, with much delay, we're going to jump into prospecting, which you get your annual summer episode with us. Uh, we're going to go through... Uh, Bowman Chrome firsts that are being released as we speak. It just came out yeah. this week. Uh, we're going to talk through several different prospects. Ten, ten guys. Yeah, ten guys. We're going to take a look at what they're doing, what they're projected to do. And our goal is to give you a little bit of insight as to if you're getting into breaks or looking for players, some prospects to watch out for. Um, Gary is very much statistically driven. I have a tendency to take a look at swings and point out things that I'm seeing or not seeing. Um, so we're going to, we're going to kind of jump into that, um, for the next several minutes. So if you are not a baseball person, I'm sorry. Uh, we are. So this, yes. <laughs> this, this, there's a lot of content here. Also, I want to give a shout out, uh, this week I had two or three different messages from new listeners checking out the podcast that are just getting back into the hobby. So just a quick reminder to you, um, 
if you're jumping back in, you haven't done this for the last 20, 30 years, you are not alone. Uh, there are a lot of us in the same boat, especially those of you that are like mid thirties through mid fifties. Um, if you're asking questions about comping, how do you price things? Where do you sell things? Where do you buy things? I'd really encourage you to go back to season one. There's a lot of information in there where we kind of give an introduction to what the hobbies become. Um, one caveat, uh, the market is very different than it was even two years ago. Yes. But the concepts are the same. Yes. So the places that you can find to buy, sell, trade, uh, what you should invest in, your different approach, your risk tolerance, if you're a gambler, if you're somebody that just likes to buy for collections. Uh, so thank you for checking it out. If you find value in the show, as always, we encourage you to take a minute and leave a review. Yep. Uh, we, hope it's, it. we hope it's five stars. If not, tell us why. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, We'd love to see you at a show sometime soon. Uh, coming up this Saturday, the uh, 16th? 16th in Columbus, Ohio, South High Street. Uh, we will be at the South High Card Show. Uh, what is it? Legion VFW? I always get it. Uh, it's a Southway American Legion. Southway American Legion right across from the old school drive-in theater. Uh, Gary and I will both be set up. We'd love to talk with you. Say hey. Um, we've had listeners pop in. Some of you have stopped by to give me some Eric Davis gifts, which I just can't say. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Whether it's a five cent card or a five hundred dollar card, like just the thoughtfulness has been fantastic. And um, you know, we were down uh, two and a half hours, what two hours away from where we live last yeah. week, and some of you popped into our table and talked about the last episode. So. We're humble by that. We love it. Uh, we're just a couple guys recording in my basement that I call a studio, and uh, we love talking cards with you. So take a second to leave a review. Let us know how it's going and share it with your friend. Without further ado, I'm going to pull up my phone because I will mispronounce names and get them wrong, but I'm telling you, I have watched these swings and I have opinions. Okay. All right? So be patient with me as I go through what I'm seeing, but, um, oh man, I'm going to get these wrong right away. I'll correct you. Don't um, worry about it. Let's jump in. So Bowman Chrome has released this week. For those of you that are getting back into the hobby, asking questions about it, um, Bowman has a few different products for baseball. Bowman's specialty is prospecting. So uh, if you know this, good on you. If not, we want to educate and bring everybody into the circle. Bowman specializes in telling you how prospects are doing, uh, players to watch for, and they're known for having basically what's called kind of like a pre-rookie card. So a Bowman first is the first licensed baseball card affiliated with an MLB team. Is Correct. that a good way of and saying it? Professional uniform. Professional uniform. For the first time. There are other products that'll have like minor league uniforms and all that. They carry some value, but it's not quite the same. Right. The benchmark is the Bowman Chrome first. So for those people that are like, I like Topps rookies, if you want to go up just a notch and do a little bit more homework and have a little bit more value, you're going to take a look at the Bowman Chrome first because that's their first licensed MLB uniform prospect card. Correct. See, man, I did that better than you thought. I think it's the Christmas Eve. I'm just ready for you to butcher these names so we can get back to normal. <laughs> The, the look he just gave me, guys. The, there are times where I wish even more that we were set up for video because the looks that I get <laughs> are amazing sometimes. All right. Let's just jump in because I'm a little bit annoyed with what you just said. <laughs> um, Felnan Celestin. That was, with that was close. Felnan Celestin. Felnan Celestin. 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 I know. I was okay. just testing you. Uh, with Seattle. So yep. let's jump in. So one thing that's kind of weird, last last Bowman product we talked through, a lot of catchers that we're keeping an eye on. It's happening here as well. Historically, 
somebody coming up through the minors as a catcher is looked more as a glove than they are a bat. It really does seem like that tide's kind of changing a little bit, doesn't yep. it? Why do you think that's happening? I think that teams are putting more of a premium on putting athletic kids in that spot uh, at the high school and college levels. It's a sneaky spot. It's not so sneaky anymore, but it's a sneaky spot to put a good bat because most people don't think about that. You look at a lot of these guys we're going to talk about today that fall into that bucket um, or guys in previous. Harry Ford is the best example of this. JT Romuto was probably the first guy that came along uh, in a really long time where you looked at this dude and went, he could play six positions. JT Romuto at his peak was going to steal 25 to 30 bases, hit 25 to 30 home runs, hit 270, 275, and have incredible defense behind the plate because he was a spectacular athlete. Uh, Harry Ford is in that vein. Like, how many times in life until the last two or three years, knowing the game of baseball, did you look at a guy and go, he could be a really great catcher or a really great center fielder? Yeah, this was not the case. And you're seeing more and more of that where guys can play utility. I think the younger generation enjoys that role of catcher. Yeah, It's a leadership position in baseball. So if you're somebody that doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to the intricacies of that, the catcher is a leader Yeah, And if you've team. got ADHD, you're touching the ball. <laughs> Every single time it's thrown. I'm not going to lie. That was why I liked first base. I'm yeah. not built for it as a 5'8 person. Right. But I could do the splits and scoop anything coming in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're in the action all the time. So yeah. Celestin, Felon and Celestin, shortstop with the Mariners. Let's talk through it. I think I'll start with the swing. Um, it, it appears he has a good bit of power. He loads his swings pretty well. The only knock that I have is that his balance isn't quite there yet. So if you watch him in BP or at bats, he has a good tendency to get bat on ball. However, you're going to see a few stutter steps. So the best analogy I could give is if you watch a golfer that makes really good contact, but their back foot comes through the swing, it's like almost quite there. Yeah. And I think that he will be there. Um, still young. How old is he? Uh, he turned 18. To just turned today. 18. Yeah. So today, um, but, Pop, aggressive swing, pretty smooth. Uh, balance is something I think he needs to work on a little bit, but I think it's going to get there. So it's very, very rare that a kid from the Dominican doesn't ever take a professional at bat in the DSL. Fair we, have, we have no stats for Celestin at this point because he hurt his hamstring early this year and he's been rehabbing that and getting it right. But by all accounts, the Mariners are not going to have him play in the DSL at all. He mm. is going to start the spring in the complex. Um, I don't think they're crazy enough to throw him to the Wolves in the fall league this year. But he will start spring in the complex, and I'll be shocked if he isn't out of the complex within 10 games and into low A. Qualifier. I don't know if I said this, but I think I did. Every person we're talking about has a Bowman Chrome first in, in Bowman this Chrome. product. In this new release of Bowman Chrome. So Celestin is a, and I know this is a not PC thing to say right now, oh but I don't know how else to say it. Uh, Celestin is a Wander Franco starter kit with more power. Hmm. That's that's what Celestin is. The bat to ball is crazy. The bat speed is elite. The uh, glove is plus. He's a five tool guy, a potential plus five tool guy across the board. And if that, if one of those tools can get to plus plus, then we're we're talking about 
a unicorn type prospect. Yeah. So is there risk? Of course there's risk. He's just turned 18 today and he hasn't taken a professional at bat yet. You're going to see a lot of that with this product. So, well, so international signees yeah. in general tend yeah. to be high risk, high reward. Yeah. So I'll say this year's uh, Bowman Chrome is not a bad product to store away based off of that. There are a lot sure. of flyers in this product. It's just a tough product. For me, it's a tough product to stash because it's expensive. It is expensive. The, the, there's only one retail SKU, and that's Megas, and they're Walmart exclusive and Hobby Shop exclusive. I mean... And they're going to be 65 bucks a piece. What's a hobby run and not Jumbo? Uh, well, there's no Jumbo for Chrome. It's just HTA. You're right. You're right. Uh, hobbies are... They're, SRP was 289, but they're 330 right now. So honestly, if you're somebody that does buy wax, when I say that, I mean, the only reason I'm bringing this up is we had a lot of new listeners lately asking questions. So when we talk about buying wax, what that means is you're buying a sealed product and you're hanging on to it for a little while because there's so many international prospects in this particular release. And very young ones. Where there's a lot of guys in their teens. Yeah, that tends to be the case with yes. Bowman Chrome. So, if for from an educational standpoint, and if I'm, it, Jason, just sh- tell me to shut up if I get too deep in the weeds. Shut up. The international work. class is not the same as anything else. There's no draft. It's called a J15 signing period. You're putting a lot of confidence in the scouts. Yeah, and so you're signing kids as young as 16. For millions of dollars. Yeah, the difference is now it's three million, and five to ten years ago it was three hundred. I think Celestin was four point four. Well, the next one we're going to talk about is three point one. Yeah, and a, as a catcher. Yeah, in their teens. Yeah. So, so Celestin, Mar- the thing with the Mariners right now is they're kind of like the Reds. They've got a very loaded infield set. Mm-hmm. So at shortstop, you've got this kid who's coming in next year fresh. You have Michael Arroyo, who played really well this year. You've got Cole Young, who was their number one pick in 2022. Uh, so shortstop is is kind of thick right now. So it's a question of who moves off where or who gets traded. Uh, Celestin's a kid that if he pans out at all, though, I don't think they're going to move him. So it'll yeah. be one of the other guys. Okay, next. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go to Cincinnati, our favorite team, Alfredo Duno. So um, – uh, taking a look at him, here's what is happening uniquely in the catcher role. This is a guy that's actually a tremendous catcher. So his ability to frame is above most, which with whatever is about to happen with pitching, replays, and all that, catchers are about to have a much more vital role yeah. because if they can frame well enough to avoid having a review, that's going to be a huge play in the game to come. Yeah. So uh, just watching his glove, fantastic. He's got a well-balanced, powerful swing. He's a catcher that I think has, you know, a promising future. He doesn't um, turn 18 till January. Blows my mind. And he's already plus in the field. He's already a 60 grade as a fielder. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Sorry. Is I he, you think he's going to be a out. more affordable person in the product? Or, no. Yeah. No. Uh, the Superfractor already got pulled. The Superfractor auto, and it's up on eBay for eight grand. Eight grand. Yeah, I think it probably sells for five to six is my guess. So if you're somebody that is opening Bowman Chrome and has not done this before, unless you have a player that you're convinced is going to be the next Mike Trout for the hobby. I don't care if you're convinced. Well, unless you think somehow this is going to be magical, like the, the level of performance would have to be ridiculous. If you pull a big card on one of these guys and you're at all interested in having money, sell it right away. That particular card I just talked about 
sell it for eight grand and six months from now, buy it back for five, pocket the three and hold on to it then. That's the Bowman game. But that's a whole episode, so we're not right. going to dive down that rabbit Let's hole. Let's keep it moving. Oh, we're I'll... not even going to talk any more about Duno than that. Go he's ahead, a go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so no. Duno, very young, crazy, crazy bat speed. Like the yes. bat speed is insane. There's a chance that he gets to a 65 70 power grade. I could see. Um, as he develops, and he's already a big kid. He's 6'2, 210. It's the only thing that works against him, based off of what I'm seeing. Yeah. This is going to sound stupid, but it's a thing. I think he loves catching. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and that's okay. You'll see that. You look back historically, there have been a handful of catchers that love catching that are known for their hitting. Yeah. So it'll be something to watch long term. In the short term, if you're investing in this kid, I don't think you can lose. Yeah, this this is a kid that if I'm buying his stuff, I'm going to be buying non-auto chromes and colors. Right, that's what I'd be buying of his right now. I would not be buying autos. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. Yeah, go ahead. Next. All right. Uh, up next, San Diego Padres. Another catcher, Ethan Salas. So this is a name you've probably heard a little bit more of. I think I, th- I feel like at least in the hobby, he's a little more known. Uh, another catcher. I think he's more known for his bat than his glove. Correct. The glove is still a big work in progress. Um, solid swing. Um, I think he's going to be somebody that can hit well for average. Um, what do you think about his power, speed, all that kind of stuff? So speed is not really his game. Uh, I think power can get to plus. Uh, hit tool is already plus. Uh, arm is plus. The actual receiving side of things, I've seen grades as high as 60. I think that's insane. I think he's more 45, 50, like average to just maybe slightly above average. Although he's 17. Uh, he started this year at 16. He's already in double A. He finished the year in double A as a 17-year-old. Um, number five overall prospect in baseball, according to MLB Pipeline. I think that might be a little aggressive, but I understand it. it we're kind of in rarefied air. When's the last time you saw a 17-year-old go from the complex to double A in one year, and he just turned 17 in June? Is there a part of this where the money in – professional sports is changing so quickly that we're starting to see numbers on these contracts that are much larger than we've ever seen before. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden the expectation is that there's going to be more attention on this because, I, you know, hear me out. We've yeah. looked at what three catchers already yeah, that are under 20, you know, back in the day, a scout would say, well, you don't know anything yet. They probably say, yeah, you don't know anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> Analytics have become, a much bigger part of this and understanding the underlying metrics. So when I'm looking at minor league kids, there are three things that I look at from a hitting standpoint that informs anything else that I see. The first one is 90th percentile exit velocity. That's a stat that I love. It tells me whether or not somebody has in-game power that they can get to consistently. If you're if if you're a professional baseball player, you're capable of popping 110, 112 if you barrel something up. Yeah. But it, is that an outlier that happens one out of every 100 right. swings? And at that age. Yeah. Or yeah. is your 90th percentile 103, 104? If right. it is, 
and you're 17, I like where things can go. Yep. Um, that's what Solace is. Solace can his 90th percentile is like 102.4, 102.5. So we're in rarefied air with that kid. My concern with him is that San Diego, for some reason, is rushing him through. Hmm. It feels like they're going to kill the kid from a confidence standpoint. The move to double A was brutal. Like his stats Mm -hmm. in double A, the 10 games he was there were like, oh. And just a quick reminder, in some ways, double A is a little bit of a harder adjustment for these young guys than triple A is. Just because people are all trying to pre- – there's a little more on the line. Yeah. <laughs> in Triple some ways. A tightens up the zone. Um, double A is the first time you're seeing real nasty pitching. Yeah. yeah. With control. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ethan Solace. Right, he's so, the chase in this product, guys. Padres are going to cost you an arm and a leg in a break. I'm going to argue that the next two people we talk about are far more exciting okay. for me. Uh, up first, uh, organization that – Whatever they've been doing in their farm league is working at Baltimore Orioles. Samuel Basalo. Oh. Uh, my goodness. So, um, single A, um, he was at uh, finished up at 299, currently hitting 333 in high A. It has 20 home runs. Crisp, compact swing. He's actually double, he's in double A now, hitting 500. He's already double A hitting 500. Yeah. So, the Baltimore Orioles have discovered a way to discover players consistently. Um, you would watch the swing and not think much of it until you see what the ball does. Yeah. It, if you watch players that have been in the league for 10 to 15 years, when they swing, it looks very effortless. So picture this. You watch golf. Watch Freddie, That's what I was just yeah, getting ready to say. Freddie golf. Couples. Yes. So you watch Fred Couples. And you see a swing, and it looks like he barely no has moved all. his arms at all. The contact is so pure. His body's doing what it's supposed to. The barrel is doing what it's supposed to in the swing. And and that's what you have going on here with Basalo. I'm very... Basayo. It's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm very convinced that this is a swing that we'll see for a long time. Yeah, the the kid, and he's going to be a first baseman. I know he's listed as a catcher slash first baseman. He ain't a catcher. Yeah. He's a first baseman. The question becomes, what do you do with Ryan Mountcastle? Does Mountcastle become the DH? I think they end up splitting that role, kind of like uh, Votto and Encarnacion Strand are right now in Cincinnati, you know, based on on the day. But uh, I'm with you. Uh, not only, The thing that to me that's most impressive about Basayo is not the power, the Barrel control is freakish. The hands are freakish. Uh, he's one of these dudes, and if you've never played baseball and really swung a bat against real pitching, you won't understand what I'm saying. But anybody who has will. Do you have any concept of how hard it is to start a swing on one plane and then move the barrel to a different spot based on what the pitch is doing? It's horribly difficult. He can do that. So much has to go right in your base, in your balance, in your hands, in your eyes to make adjustments for that. And we're talking milliseconds. So yeah. when you break down the science of what's happening in the swing, it's incredible. Um, I think we're on the same page there, but I'm excited to go to our next person. Okay. My favorite power hitter in this whole lineup that we're going to talk through here, Jacob Melton of Houston. This guy loads up swings like Ichiro. Or Bryce Harper might be a little bit akin to that, just what you see happening with the trunk. His exit velocity, I mean, he's hitting insane numbers. Yeah. Watch, he's, he's popped a watch his swing. Like, all right, so here's the thing. The way that Gary felt about Weimer in Milwaukee having this violent approach yeah. to the swing, we're seeing it happen 
but with a much more compact. <laughs> it yeah. is filthy. Um, I th- I see this as a tremendous power hitter down the road. Uh, Jacob Melton, if you well, have a and chance. And the speed is crazy, too. Yes. He's yep. a plus yep. speed guy. He can steal 40 bags. Yeah. You, you'll watch him squeeze out some triples, some doubles on stuff that he shouldn't be. Um, and part of it, you know, I'm a huge Ichiro guy. But when you watch his swing, his follow-through already has him moving down the line. The other thing he managed to do with that swing was allow that motion to be part of his follow-through. Um, softball does this all the time. It's slap hitting or there's different terms for it. But if you watch college softball, Olympic softball, uh, fast pitch, you see this motion where they're completely wound up. They're getting complete barrel on the ball, but they're already making steps down the line. He has found a way to do this with baseball. It's so hard to do this with all the variations you have with pitches, velocity, drop. There's so much going on. I can't say enough. What did I say? I texted you watching this video. I said, holy cow, Jacob Melton hits the shit out of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And typically, I'm not big on somebody with that kind of a swing, like a big swing like that, because I feel like it fizzles out. Uh, It's not all his arms. He's not throwing the barrel. No, not at all. He is turning on the ball. And his eyes, I mean, I, 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 I'm excited. I'm with you. I will say that one of the things that I do worry about with him just a little bit is he can get a little pull happy when he starts to get pull happy. He starts rolling over on stuff. He has the ability to go to all fields and he does, but there are times when he's really wanting to get into something where he'll get a little bit pull happy. But the encouraging thing with him is that he gets better as he moves up, he's gotten better as he's moved up. It's like the challenge he rises to meet whatever the next challenge is. So to give me an idea, he started the year in high a, uh, a little old for the level and was good. Wasn't great. Home runs were there. Stolen bases were there. Um, strikeout percentage was okay. Uh, but then he got to double a to end the year and his batting average jumped 40 points. Uh, he hit, in 12 games, five home runs, 12 RBIs, didn't strike out a ton, uh, didn't walk a ton either, but was just crushing everything. He had 44 stolen bases this year. Like, I'm with you. He, and he's their number one prospect. Yeah. Well, without a doubt. Yeah. That's a swing that surprised me. I, I just put it that way. The and more I watched it, the more impressed I was. The, and in 2023, Bowman Chrome, he only has first autos. His Bowman first cards, non-auto, were all in Bowman this year. So, Bowman um, baseball. Yeah, that's a good clarification. Yep. Up next, Oswaldo Osario with the Dodgers. Yes. So, this is a guy that I put on this list, not you. Um, Mostly because all of the footage was recorded on VHS tape in 1998 in Venezuela. Yeah, so for me, I just, I like to find guys who are a little bit under the radar and that who have underlying metrics that justify me buying them. And he falls into this category for me. The Dodgers are really top heavy in their organization. So finding guys like this, he was my, he's my Jorbit Vivas for this year. Last year, Jorbit Vivas was a guy that nobody else was really on and I really liked. And Jorbit Vivas went out and just raked this year for the Dodgers. Um, This kid has just some really great underlying metrics. His exit velocities are crazy. Now, 
Also keep in mind, these are all DSL numbers. So DSL numbers are a coin flip, but underlying metrics say that he hits the ball really hard. He's got good barrel control. His nowhere near maturity with his body yet, and he's already popping 112, 113s. All right, here's the bad news. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, there there are a few videos out that show a swing, some in slow motion. Um, his glove is smooth. I'll mm-hmm. start with that. Um, he's young. Yeah. I think you have an Aquino situation here. And here's what I mean by okay. that. Okay. I'm interested to hear this take. His swing leads with the barrel. His extension on his elbows on his swing is a little further out, which means he's not leading with the knob of the barrel. Uh, I was talking with you about this a little bit ago. So we have several guys who lead with the knob. Tony Gwynn made a whole approach to the swing saying, um, if your eyes are in the right place and your body's in the right place, you're swinging the knob, you're not swinging the barrel. Um, to the average person that grabs a baseball bat that's never swung one, they're just kind of throwing the barrel out there because they're like, hey, this is the big part of the bat I want it to hit. The problem is going to be this. Um, People are going to pitch away and off speed with somebody that swings like this. If you're throwing the barrel of the bat out, it can get really dangerous really quickly. You're going to find yourself out in front more than you should be. Um, You're going to find yourself reaching for pitches or leaving stuff out of the zone that you don't feel like you can pull on. So as young as he is, as small as he is, I mean, it appears it's a very grainy video. I don't know how tall he is. Uh, uh, he's he's actually pretty projectable. He's okay. he's like six one one seventy. Okay, so he's got some weight to put on. Yeah, right, right. yeah. He's really young, and my that's my rebuttal to all that. My rebuttal to that is you're a hundred percent correct, but he's just turned eighteen, and he'll be in the complex this spring. So I think, and if, the Dodgers do a really good job of if, developing. If the this metrics type of player. are hitting on exit velo, yes. So when we talk about that, again, and his, his if, in zone contact is good too. I could see contact being there as well. Yeah. I don't know how crisp it is. Uh, who was I talking about a minute ago? Whose whose eyes were? Uh, was it? Uh, no, no, no. Who was it? Uh, Basalo. Basayo, yeah. Basayo. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't see that happening right now with his swing. But I mean, this is a guy who's watched five videos. That's all I could find on YouTube. Again, on VHS tape. But. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he adapts. He's going to see different pitching. Um, they're not lying about the numbers on exit velo, contact rate, and all that. So these are mechanically things that can be adjusted or tweaked. Um, I'm not as convinced as you are on this one, but um, I also can't find the footage that like explains the numbers that you're seeing as well. Yeah, he he's just he's for me when I see somebody who has a really good eye, he walks as much as he strikes out, um, gets on base, has good speed. Uh, and his frame is nowhere near filled out yet, and he's already popping big EV numbers. To me, that is, especially because he's not at all in any way, shape, or form a chase in this product, it's one of the reasons I like him so much as a as a guy to be buying up. The Dodgers have a guy who is a chase in this project, in this product, uh, Andrew Vargas. He's not on our list. We're not talking about him. Um, but he is going to be a chase in this product, and the Dodgers will be a relatively expensive team in breaks. This is a kid, all the people that are chasing Vargas are going to hit this kid's autos, and you'll be able to scoop them at very reasonable prices. So, yeah. 
All right, let's move on to the next one. I couldn't find enough footage to give a strong opinion other than just statistics, which is your world, so I'm going to let you have this one. Okay. Uh, Marco Vargas started with Miami, is now with the Mets. Uh, he has a first in this product. There's some people very excited about him. Walk me through what they're seeing. So Marco Vargas, again, it's it's very a very similar tool set. The, the hit tool is already plus. Uh, as an 18-year-old, it's already plus. I could see that hit tool developing into a 70-grade hit tool. We're talking end zone contact rates in the high 80s and low 90s. Um, power is fringe right now, uh, but field, he's above average. He's a 50-grade in the field. Uh, and as an 18-year-old, he's just a kid who seems to me, when I watch him play and I talk to some people that have watched him play, he's just a baseball player. Um from a comp standpoint, he's he's a little bit like Joey Ortiz uh, with a little bit less power. You know what I mean at this point. But again, he's six foot, one hundred and seventy pounds as an eighteen year old. So there's a lot to dream on there. He walks more than he strikes out by a pretty good clip. Really good eye. Really good baseball instincts. So again. He's now one of the things you want to keep in mind. He's with the Mets. Mm. He came over in that trade in the, in the trade. Yeah, but his cards in this release. He's in a Miami uniform. So if you're chasing this kid and you're getting into breaks, you want to buy the Miami Marlins. Yeah, not the Mets. Good pointer. So uh, up next, somebody who got their cup of coffee already. Zach Geloff, is that who's up yeah. next? <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot more than a cup so of coffee So explain what's point. going on. This is his first product with an auto in it? Correct. Okay. So his yeah. Bowman firsts were in 2023 Bowman Baseball. But it's not the n- first time you heard of this guy if right. you're prospecting at all. No autos. Uh, he was their first round pick in 2022. Came up in mid to late July, late June, early July, and has just done nothing but rake, hitting almost 280, 10 or 12 jacks, uh, stolen bases, hitting for average, hitting for power. His ISO's like 220s, hit a lot of doubles. Uh, he's just a really good baseball player, and his autos are in this product. And it's Oakland. I don't think the autos are going to be crazy expensive because he's already graduated. Yeah. But long term, it's maybe worth grabbing a Yeah. Few. Yeah. The, and it might be a good value in a break. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, up next with the Giants, Rainier Arias. I'm interested to hear your take on that swing. Do you remember um, what it was? Pull hitter. Um, he keeps his head down on the ball really well. So he's looking for good contact there. Uh, a little bit flashy. Yeah. Um, I don't have strong opinions. But so give me another. 17-year-old. Uh, doesn't turn 18 until next April. Here's what I will tell you. And again, I say this all the time. DSL, rookie league stuff, take stats for a grain of salt sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what a line this was. It's small sample size, but in 16 games, this kid slashed 414, 539, 793 for a 1332 OPS. He hit four home runs. He walked 15 times, struck out 11, had four stolen bases. The stolen bases are, might be the most impressive part of that run. Yeah. That's not that many opportunities. Yeah. He's 6'2", 185 pounds. 
he does not have what I would call a super projectable frame. I don't think no. he's going to grow much Hit for more. average, steel He already bases. looks like a grown man. Yes. He yeah. doesn't look like a kid. Yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, currently a 55 hit, 55 power, 55 arm guy. Personally, I think I would probably put more of a 60 grade on the power. Um, I understand the hesitancy to, to give him like plus power, but I would put a 60 grade on that power just mm-hmm. based on what I've seen and the underlying metrics there. He's not going to be cheap, but there's he's also not going to be like insane. If you're going to buy guys early in this product, he's a guy that you're probably not going to take a terrible bath on if you buy early and hold long term. Uh, I think there's a chance that he ends up to high A by the end of next year. Yeah, I agree. I think this is somebody that's going to be a great player on a team. He's going to add a lot of value. This is not going to be the same experience you're looking for with Jacob Melton. If you're looking for a quick hit, I don't know that that's the guy coming out of the product. Right. Um, But if you feel good on somebody that's on base a lot, that can steal – that can produce for their team, that can get some a little bit of excitement going. It's not a bad guy to get a hold of. 1330 OPS. Uh, other than him, is this going to be a loaded product? Like, are the Giants going to be pretty affordable in breaks? Uh, I they've got two or three guys that, that I think people will be interested in. I don't know that I would say that the Giants are going to be expensive. Uh, let's see who else they've got in this product. Uh, Arius is the biggest guy. They've got a couple other nobodies. So he's going to be the only guy you're looking at. And he's a high risk, high reward type player. Um, he could be a superstar. He could never get out of a ball. You just don't know with a 17 year old, but the tools are there. The tools are most definitely there. What's next on the list? Uh, last, but certainly not Oh, we're least. 10 already? Okay. Yeah. It's been fun, bud. 50 minutes flies by fast when it, we're talking about It prospect. does for me. You guys don't realize how happy he is that I haven't been rude to him this whole episode, that I've been engaged, that I've watched <laughs> videos, I've given commentary, right? I felt like everybody thought I was being a little bit hard on you last time. Yeah. I do like talking about this. I just don't want 20 names. Uh, Sebastian Walcott well, with I Texas. I love him so much. So... I think this might be the most well-rounded player. Okay. Do you like this? I'm, I'm listening. Good glove, good swing, not blown away by any particular attribute at this point. Um, he's not somebody that you have a lot of footage that you can base off of. It looks like they've filmed about six videos on the same day um, with batting practice. Yeah, that's um, fair. So not able to see a whole lot. But what I can see is he plays like somebody much older than he is. Um, his discipline seems to be very well structured. So Bahamas kid, uh, there are quite a few evaluators out there that would tell you that he has a chance to be the best player to ever come out of the Bahamas. Uh, and there have been a few good ones. Jazz Chisholm is probably the most recent that grabs people's attention. Um, his body, his frame is just silly. Um, he's six, four, 190 pounds. I think he, he currently is a shortstop. I think he ends up as a third baseman. Cause I think he's going to put on about 25 more pounds. Uh, I think he ends up being about a 215, 220 player, but just to, to give you an idea, one, he's got a plus plus arm, he got a cannon for an arm, um, pretty good speed. He's not plus plus speed, but he's 20 bags speed. And 
I think, again, Pipeline has him as a 55-grade power. I've seen grades as high as 65. I'm wanting to say one of the fringy publications even had a 70 grade on the power. I don't want to get that crazy. I think that's it. a little bit aggressive based off I, what I'd seen. But. To me though, I think he's a 60. Okay. I, I think he's every bit of a 60. Um, he started the year in rookie ball, ended the year in high a ball. Um, there's a little bit of swing and miss to his game that he's going to have to clean up. But again, he is a 17 year old in, in high a, uh, physically, there's just so much a dream on him. When you watch him swing, I know you watched a few different clips, and there are times where he looks like a 17-year-old. Yeah. Out in against 22-year-olds. Back leg moving out. Yeah. Just different things. He just but, falls off. But when he stays in that yeah. back hip, when he stays in that back pocket, and he gets around, his hips clear so quickly that that barrel just trails. And, man, yeah. when he barrels something up, it's moving. I agree. He's not going to be cheap. And if you pull him, I'd still sell him, but he's one to buy back. I right. like the kid a lot. So I'm going to give you um, all the names. You're going to give me the most overpriced and the most underpriced oh, in this product. Okay. Right? Undervalued, overvalued. All okay. Right, I'm going to read through it. Celestin, Duno, Salas, Basalo, Melton, Osario, Vargas, Geloff, Arias, Walcott. Most overvalued. It's going to be a little bit too expensive if you're just breaking. Solace. Okay. I would agree with you on that. That's a, he's going to be silly. Most undervalued. <sighs> That's a tough one, isn't it? It really is. I mean, the the least. Just it, one. You I know. Can't. I, I, I understand. That's why Trust I'm Trust your gut. Why I'm working on it. Get to the point. Stop it. Quit talking about these guys we already talked about. So, Osario is going to be the cheapest but is not who I think is the most undervalued. Mm -hmm. um, if, if I had to put money on who's going to be the most undervalued, it's Geloff. We agreed. Geloff's already graduated and already shown that he can produce at yeah. the major league level, yeah. which means that there are a lot of guys out there that aren't going to want to buy his stuff because the chances of it flying through the yes. roof is low. Yep. But if you hold it for five years and he becomes a multi-time all-star, you're in really great shape. Here's the reality. People buy Bowman Chrome first all day long, year after year, for guys that might not do what Gallows do. Already done, yeah. And so that's a great point. Quick reminder to you, Bowman's are a place where you can 10x your money. Bowman's are a place where you can lose so, so, so much. Yes. So be mindful of that. You are prospecting. You're taking a gamble on players that are not yet at the highest level, but they're showing promise. And if you don't know baseball... Don't play in the sandbox. Or invest accordingly. Don't yeah. spend more than you can afford right. to lose. Or talk to people or or study and learn. That's the biggest thing. Like Bowman's a game where you can get kicked in the teeth, but if you know what you're doing, yeah. it's hard to lose. So Gary's way of doing this is he likes to look through advanced statistics, their numbers, and those numbers tell a story. I'm somebody that likes to feel it out a little bit. So I want to know that there's some numbers there. I want to know batting average. I want to know on base. I want to know do they have plate discipline. But I also want to see their swing. Is this something that I think yeah. is going to translate? Is there something they're going to miss? And when they see off speed at 2A, you know, are they are they losing it? Um, yeah. So trust your gut on this. Take some gambles, but be smart about it. We love talking Bowman baseball. We'll do it again soon with draft. This yeah. has been the Ball Card Show, the Sports Podcast. For the Sports Collector. Bye now. Peace.